Welcome to another Players, everyone. I'm Seth Mariano. I'm Jordan Smith. And today is the last day of July, which means um, tomorrow begins, I just realized this, the month of Jordan's birthday, correct? Very true. Uh, yeah, August 31st is mm his -hmm. birthday. It, it, it will be his, uh, I believe, 25th. Yes, it will be. Right. And only three days before that, my sister is getting married. Ah, all right. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Jordan's sister, Julia, and her fiancé. Congratulations. Um, um, have a great marriage. Rooting for you. And I will support them as much as I can. Well, our big topic of the day is do previews ruin the excitement of big scenes? And I guess the overall answer could be yes or no, depending on the trailer and the movie it's connected to. Ultimately, though, I think both of us were kind of making lists of examples where movie previews have kind of taken the excitement out of a movie or scenes in said movie. So we'll see how this goes. Well, most of my examples probably would say, no, no, these ones don't, but I think one of them maybe does. Sure. And I have known several people that I talked to about these kinds of things where they have said they personally avoid watching any movie trailers just so they go into the movie completely blind and they don't have anything crucial given away beforehand. And what do they do? Did they just like um, read IMDb or something? Well, I mean, if a trailer comes out, they do everything in their power to not see it and stay away from places on the internet or in their social groups that would end up talking about it and give something away that they don't want to hear about yet. All right. So I thought of just uh, a few examples. Um, the first couple that I thought of were um, uh, Spy Kids 2 and Spy Kids 3D. There have been technically one a uh, promo or ad for each of these, but I'm focusing on like like the two full-length previews that I saw for them. Okay. Yeah. So with um, these previews for Spy Kids 2 and 3D, there didn't seem to be that much focus on specific plot points it seemed to be uh, probably because it was a rather high energy sort of action thing that these things were it was more focused on like the in my dad's words the thrills and spills thrills of of the uh of the movie all right I remember when Spy Kids 3 came out, 
because I saw advertisements for it. Uh, and I remember I really wanted to see it. I don't think I ever did. And I think... What was it? Um, I'm trying to think of the guy who directed it. He, he's like really well known. Robert Rodriguez. Yes, yes. Because I think he also did Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Because I think uh, people had made comparisons with one of the female characters looking very similar between the two films. Like, I think one of the female leads in, I think it was at least Spy Kids 3, that looked quite a bit like Lava Girl, from what I understand. I don't know if it was the same actress or not, but... Did they uh, compare her to, like, uh, the female lead in Spy Kids? I think so, yeah. I was thinking the c contrast was between Lava Girl and Agent Carmen, I think. Well, I don't really know much about the characters in Spy Kids, so I'll have to take your word for it. Yep, Spy Kids 3D, I did see when it was released in theaters, um, and this was before our move to Rochester. We were in um, uh, we were in uh, a movie place in Cortland, New York, and um, I have... I know that um, I said, I think it was last time, that Gravity was my favorite movie-going experience, though. Somehow mm -hmm. I forgot about Spy Kids 3D. I would have to say that would be the actual number one. Because probably of the 3D visual effects, how the, how those came out, and how they how it really felt like things were actually jumping out, out of the screen. Yeah, I can definitely get behind that because while I didn't see Spy Kids in theaters, I did see Sharkboy and Lava Girl, which also was in 3D. I think I went to see it with my mom. And there were times in the film, I don't know if Spy Kids did this, but they uh, had parts in the movie, if you had the 3D glasses, where it would tell you whether to put them on or take them off. Because not the entire film was in 3D, but only certain segments. Right, there were there were some normal 2D parts. Okay, kind of makes sense, right. I guess, since they were directed by the same person. So, okay, so the first movie I wrote down after looking up what a bunch of other articles and people were saying was a trailer for Terminator Two. And I'm when going around and talking about the Terminator films in the past, most people, from what I've seen, will say out of every single Terminator movie that exists, most of them will say that their favorite one is the second one. So I'm sure when the trailers for it came out, they were excited. But there also seemed to be a bit of a complaint because in the first film, the Terminator was essentially the bad guy because he was going back to kill John Connor. And uh, in this second movie, before it even came out, they showed footage that indicated that the Terminator was no longer a bad guy. And that seemed to really upset a lot of people. Like, the preview pretty much spoiled how... The Terminator was no longer going out to kill him, but rather protect him. And they probably would have wanted to see that happen in the movie instead of the trailer so that 
it would have come as a much bigger twist. Now, did this preview have a voiceover that you remember? You know, I didn't think to actually go back and watch the preview itself, but I would imagine that there might have been. The one that I recall is um, one that did by uh, the late legend Don LaFontaine. Okay. And included toward the end words, and his enemy is the deadliest machine ever built. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2. That. Like that. Is that exactly how they said it? Or are you just paraphrasing? Uh, more or less, that was what the guy said. I'll have to check this well, out. I, I have seen one and two. I have mentioned before that I... I for the second, I guess I would say more than anything, the idea of the villain being able to be anywhere and pop up out of nowhere. I think I think that was the thing that I liked the most. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But honestly, I um, um the dialogue that I just quoted from the trailer, that's pretty much all I can remember. I remember, you know, that that I know there I know there was other dialogue in there, but I don't recall what specifically it was. Or I believe they used the theme music from the actual films, and and I think a lot of like high energy clips and and a logo, but it's probably all I can recall. All right, again, I'll, I'll uh, probably go back after we're done here and take a look just to be absolutely certain if this is actually what the guy said. So th this will be something for me to do later. Yeah, it might be interesting. Yeah, for sure. And the, the next example that I thought of, I think this isn't a movie I've actually seen, but I've uh, but I've heard about and seen advertising for on TV. I remember when I was um, working at my first job at an online marketing business in Henrietta. And oh, oh, we had a guy there who did publishing who's really into like like Star Wars and Marvel stuff. And, oh, and I heard him talk about uh, this movie, which was Avengers Infinity War. And you know, he pointed out how there's uh, how the trailer where spliced or combined shots together that made it look like all these heroes were working together. But he clarified that that wasn't actually the case in the actual film. Yeah, I can... I've seen most of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films at this point, including the recent Black Widow, but I haven't seen all of them. But I do know that in a, the first Avengers Infinity War trailer, I think right near the end, there was a shot of all the... I don't know about if all of them, but a good chunk of the superheroes kind of like running towards the screen. But you never really get a shot like that in the actual film. 
And now I do have a screenshot, and it has prominently, uh, it's got like Captain America, Black Widow, War Machine, uh, Winter Soldier, Okoye, and Black Panther. But then what really stands out is behind them is the Hulk. And this is probably the battle in Wakanda going on. So this shot makes absolutely no sense because aside from the beginning of the film, the Hulk himself is not really in the film. Like he's in like the opening scene, but the rest of the time it's just Bruce Banner and he's in the Hulk buster Iron Man suit. So this shot was for the most part. Okay. But you don't, see it in the film and the Hulk himself is not in the battle that they were depicting. Essentially that shot shows the Hulk where he doesn't show up in the film. So he's there just like not in the way it looks in the image. Yeah. Like Bruce Banner is there and he is known for turning into the Hulk, but in the battle or fight scene that they're showing in the trailer. They have the Hulk there, but in the movie, it's Bruce Banner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought of, um, which um, I didn't mention this when I was at, when you asked me my favorite movies, somehow it slipped my mind, but I have, I have regarded it as my personal favorite toy story the first one yep okay and specifically i'm talking about the preview i think it was about the theatrical release and it's the preview that shows up at the beginning of uh the collector's edition many adventures of winnie the pooh cassette all right so I think I would say this is an example of a preview in which not much of a story is disclosed. Like, uh, like you could maybe argue that they shine a light on all all the important characters, but uh, but they're never really they never really like use like many, if any, lines that. Uh, that um, sort of mm, mm, explain key plot points. Uh, mostly it seems to fo- focus on the fact that this is a universe full of animated toys and they get into some adventure and that kind of thing. Well, I th- this is just a guess, but I'm wondering if maybe they didn't give away too much information because just saying the sentence toys come to life would be more than enough to draw people in like how does that even work and they want to find out the answer to that so they figured that would be a big enough plot device to sell the movie without giving too much away did they say toys come to life in it i don't remember uh, I'm not sure if they did, but even if they didn't, it, it's kind of implied just by watching these characters move around. 
or maybe if it's not that obvious to some people they they might still be intrigued like okay why are these guys moving are they alive is this inside a kid's imagination what's going on and particularly what came to my mind was how they opened that preview it was it was a moment when woody summons the soldiers to go downstairs and see what happens, see what the gifts are at the birthday party. And the sergeant rounds up the troops and says, all right, let's go. And, and in a way that may have a particular significance to the plot because uh -huh. because um, Buzz Lightyear shows up at a gift, as a gift at that party. But, but uh, none, 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 no real background information, if you know what I mean, is really disclosed there. Okay, so they didn't give too much away, but they still kept audiences intrigued. I suppose. I, I don't. Okay. I don't know what most. I don't know what most people thought of it. I. Well, I suppose. Considering considering that um, there had never been a full length feature CGI feature before anywhere in the world ever, I suppose it got people thinking. I'm thinking, wow, this is something different. Wow. All right. And I think uh I think Toy Story was one of, if not like the first movie that was entirely computer animation. It was the first, at least the first full feature length one entirely in CGI. Right, that's what I was thinking. There might have been some uh, short films or animated shorts, whatever you want to call them, that might have done that before. But yeah, I, I was pretty sure Toy Story was the first full-length film to do that. Yeah, Pixar had had prior put out stuff like Luxo Jr. and Tin Toy, which is sort of the inspiration for Toy Story. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Is Luxo Jr. the short where the desk lamp of the same name was kind of like passing a ball back and forth between him and a bigger version of himself? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That was always a classic for me. I don't know why. I was just so intrigued. I don't know how they did it, but they made me feel intrigued for desk lamps. Okay, so one that I thought of, especially after like sorting through different Marvel films, uh, was the movie Spider-Man Far From Home, which was the second Spider-Man film starring Tom Holland. And I bring this up because this movie came out shortly after Avengers Endgame, which had a ton of films going... films a uh, ton of critical plot points in the Marvel Cinematic Universe going on. And before the trailer for that movie technically even started, Tom Holland himself was telling the audience, hey, this contains major spoilers for Avengers Endgame. But the problem a lot of people had was pretty much right after he finished 
warning the audience, the trailer immediately begins practically with a spoiler for Endgame. So they didn't have a lot of time to react. So even with that warning, the trailer might have still given them too much too quickly before they could exit out and look away. I do have just one last specific example that I have planned out here. Sure. And and this is another film that I haven't actually watched ever, but but is one that I've seen promoted. And it is Little Men, which I believe is uh, the sequel to the story of Alcott's Little Men. Is there a Little Men book? Or did it just I, come out as a movie? I would guess that there is. I mean, Little Women is based on a book. I know that. Yeah, that much I know. So this is where I, th- I think you've got a story that doesn't have, have anything necessarily fl- exactly flashy or, I'm using air quotes, Hollywood about it. Uh, it or or so it seems like the story is of that nature where you don't have really something flashy or, or, or typically cinematic within it. It's more of a serious, uh, more, uh, more real, you know, kind of, um, I guess you could call it like a Hallmark like story. Sure. Seems like it's uh, it's a more a more simple kind of story, uh, a little quieter. There's um, some some um, basic, um, rather vague verbal explanation in a voiceover that accompanies this preview, and a couple or so lines that are that are included that that explain or give clues to specific plot points. Okay, yeah. So maybe you could argue argue this is an example of a giveaway preview, but uh, but I guess if the story presents itself in this preview as intriguing enough, I guess then it's probably not going to hurt that much. Sure. Okay, I'm looking over my list. I realize that most of the ones I talk about are superhero films, but uh, Which I don't think is bad. Well, no, it, it just happened to come out that way. But uh, the next one I really thought about, because it was a really interesting case, was the trailers for the Batman v Superman film. And I bring this up because I remember when it was first announced, and I think when the first trailer maybe had come out people were really excited especially due to the fact that up to this point batman and superman had only ever been in comics or cartoons together but never in a full-fledged live action movie this was really the first time they were going to see it and they were really excited but then the trailer or trailers after that came out and once that happened the trailers themselves pretty much ruined all the excitement people had for this film. And the biggest thing that came out of that was that they'd showed way too much 
early on. And there ultimately was too much in the film. Like, um, this was supposed to be Batman v Superman. And they made it seem like it was going to be a big thing in the film. But ultimately, the actual fight between the two wasn't that long. And then, like, oh, hey, Wonder Woman's in this movie. Oh, hey, Doomsday, one of Superman's biggest enemies, is going to come out of nowhere at the end. And it just became too much for people. And it's like, okay, the, these trailers make me not want to see this movie anymore. So people felt that too much was disclosed and uh, so that they weren't interested? Yeah, they were interested at first. But then as more trailers came out, too much was too, too much was revealed too early on for many people. And there wasn't much left for them to be excited for because they already knew a lot of the big plot points based off the footage they showed. So there was hardly anything left that wasn't revealed. Yeah, pretty much. They showed too much too quickly and it took away a lot of the motivation for people to see the actual movie. So uh, did you see the three-hour cut? Uh, ended up being like rated R, wasn't it? Like it was originally PG-13, but when they did the extended version, it was rated R. I really don't know at all. All right, I'd have to look that up. But uh, no, I have not seen that cut of it. Mm, yeah, well, I'll admit it was a drag for me. I don't know how my brother thought about it, but yeah, I did see it. Okay. And then I also wrote down that one of the things I really don't like trailers doing is showing footage from one of the last scenes in the movie. And usually that just boils down to like people getting to that scene when they go to see the actual movie and they're like, oh, what's going to happen now? And then the movie ends. And one prime example of this, again, superheroes, uh, okay. was Amazing Spider-Man 2 where Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man because... They literally showed the last shot of the film in the trailer where Spider-Man is swinging a manhole cover in the direction of Rhino. So when people go see this movie, they see that shot and they're like, oh, we're about to see a good fight start. And then it cuts to black and the credits roll. So like, wait, it's over? So they literally show the last moment of the movie in the trailers. That may be the worst decision you could make if you're making a trailer. Because if you think about it, uh, the finale is pretty much when when everything, like all the puzzle pieces come together and you get your resolution of the overall story. Right, which is why I think whenever people make movie trailers, ultimately they should only really show footage that takes place before the climax of the actual film because anything during or after that could really give away some stuff All right, and then the last thing i had written down was an example of a trailer that i think was done well and this is for the first and currently 
only trailer because I think there might be a second one coming out within the next couple of weeks for uh, Venom 2, otherwise known as Let There Be Carnage. And I bring this one up because the trailer just seemed to do everything right for me. It showed the guy who would become Carnage and we get a brief, but not even like a straight on. It's kind of like down to the side glimpse of what Carnage himself looks like. It didn't reveal how or when he becomes Carnage in the film necessarily, nor did it show much of anything outside of what he looks like. And even then, the shot was very quick, so it was kind of like a blink-and-you'll-miss-it thing. And for me, this footage was okay to show because the last scene in the first movie indicated that Carnage was going to be in the next one. So we already knew before this trailer came out that Carnage was going to be in it, and he's most likely going to be the main villain. So the way they showed this trailer, they didn't give away too much of anything outside of what you already knew. And it just left me, at least, with the questions of, how does he become Carnage? Where does the symbiote come from? How does the fight go down? Because inevitably, Venom and Carnage are probably going to fight at some point. Uh, who's going to make it? Who's not going to make it? And really, all of that leads me to really want to see the film so I can get answers to all these questions. A lot of bigger films, after the trailers come out, I will see several videos get posted of people's reactions to the trailer, people's thoughts, and then towards the end, they start to theorize, okay, based on this information, especially these little tiny tidbits that they threw in there i think this is going to happen to this person or i think this event is going to take place so really trailers like that start creating a puzzle and only give you some of the pieces so that you can start guessing what the rest of the again puzzle sort of looks like I was thinking of a sort of analogy just now to um, to describe my, what makes trailer better than worse, and and I came to the thought of the analogy of that this may sound weird at first, but the Macy's Thanksgiving Day because because at the beginning of the broadcast on TV they'll do like. A description of uh, the lineup of performers and floats, and you know, well, here's who's going to be participating in this, and and what what they do, what what do these artists artists do, what is their music like, but they won't say what specifically they're doing necessarily. But it's like, um, um, you'll get samples of stuff from this or that musical, but they won't say what specifically or or won't talk too much about the plot of the show. Okay. Yeah. So I guess similarly with trailers, what you at the end of the day want to do is to explain, you know, uh, what kind of characters you're going to see, or maybe you don't have to go into specifics about events, but what type of events you can expect to see. Sure. And 
and uh, what type of personalities, what type of characters are you going to get out of it if you if you go and see this, and and what kind of story is going to be presented, and without well, without disclosing too too many details, unless unless you feel like you really need to get into specifics in order for people to have a fair understanding of what to expect. Un unless you feel you need to do that, avoid it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching, listening, and you can check out all of our episodes on Facebook, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. Yep. Uh, and if anyone listening or watching has any questions, comments, concerns, what have you, or even suggestions for future episodes, please let us know, because we always like to get engaged with people and see what they think. And based off today's topic, if there was a movie trailer that you think was done really well or gave too much away or anything along that line, please let us know. And hey, maybe we'll uh, bring it up in the next episode. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe look at the trailers we talked about and tell us your thoughts about them, what made them good or what made them bad or whatever. Maybe share that with us. Talk to us about that. Just uh, talking to us in general will be really exciting because we love talking to people. Well, thanks again, everyone. And we are More Layers, and we will be back next time. And... We'll see you. Take care, everyone.